0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by the man himself in Arizona, actually talking to players face to face. Imagine that, AJ Haifley. How is How's Arizona treating
1: you? Dude, it was so weird. So... Uh, I know they posted all the interviews from last night's post game on the team website. I haven't watched them yet. But so I don't know if they show this on the New Hook one, but New Hook was our first in-person interview basically in 2 years. And <laughs> so we he he walks and he stands in front of the screen and then we all stood there and all of us just looked at each other. <laughs> we all forgot what we were doing and then he started laughing, and we started laughing, and it was a joyous occasion. It was nice. like, now it's now it's time for us all to throw our heads back and laugh. And that was what we did. Well,
0: you know, some sense of normalcy, at least, I guess.
1: It was funny. Um, we all had to knock the rust off of doing interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous.
0: Actual proper interviews. You love to see it. Um I'm sure we'll get into some of those interviews uh, a little bit. Obviously, the rookie tournament is underway. The ABS did lose to the LA Kings four to nothing in their first game. Uh, despite the chat memeing, obviously these games mean basically nothing. Don't take anything from the actual results of the hockey game. That being said, it was not a great showing <clears throat> for a lot of dudes. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm pretty sure you just said it was not a great showing, dudes.
0: For a lot of dudes.
1: True. Uh it was bad. It it was bad. Yeah. It okay. was also the Ontario Reign against Yeah. the Avs assortment of players because that was
0: uh, the Kings very much like pointed out that or rather Twitter, I suppose, pointed out that the Kings essentially were a team that knew how to play together in the sense yeah. that they had some semblance of a system going on, whereas the Az were just playing full YOLO hockey.
1: Yeah, and it was it was actually, we talked to Greg Cronin after the game, it was the very first thing he said. Is he said, look, we're familiar with a lot of those guys from the AHL last year. We saw a lot of them, um, so they're a pretty disciplined group and understand how to do this together. I thought it was funny that he, uh, in a game where the abs had like 400 power plays.
0: Yeah, said they're disciplined.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and one of them, uh, I think three of them were on the same guy. And there was a Kings employee, like a team employee sitting near us who kept yelling at him. And after the third penalty, he said, you might as well just start paying rent. And then he laughed and he said, "It's a lot cheaper in Arizona anyway." So True. that guy might not make the team.
0: <laughs> not a not a great look to say the least uh, on that side of it. Um, yeah, so you know, take everything from with a grain of salt here. The teams were not exactly equally balanced. The on the app side, I mean, let's. Let's be real. Do we need to reiterate that this was a tune-up for Bowen Byron and Alex Newhook?
1: Sure. I mean, it might have been a tune-up, but I think we all expected a little more. Um,
0: uh, certainly from Newhook, I think.
1: Like, it would have been cool to score on the breakaway. Yeah. Right? Like, had he scored on the breakaway – People like you and me would be like, hey, you got a goal in the game. It was totally fine. And then anybody that's trying to find negatives would be like, it was a breakaway. Stop it. <laughs> the more notable part of that breakaway was that it was Oscar Olowson that got him the puck. Yep. And the only good thing that he did the first two periods. Yeah.
0: The The rest of that night, day, afternoon, I guess, was not pretty for Olowson. He... <laughs> It Theory, got better. Really it was so,
1: so much better in the third period, but only relatively so because it was so bad early on. Yeah. He's really and struggled. Especially with the
0: um, puck on his dick. It was rough, yeah.
1: And I asked um, for, for a little bit of context. I uh, I talked to Shane Bowers today after practice, and I asked him, I said, what do you think of the kid? And he said, you know, it, it, it's been an adjustment for him which is obviously the super PR polite way of being like, he hadn't been any good. He's bad. He's bad. Yeah. But he, he also, he had a really good point, you know, Bowers, he, a very fair point where he said, look, this guy just came over from Sweden. He does not speak very good English. Um, So he's having, which was something Cronin also mentioned yesterday, that he doesn't speak very good English yet. So he's having to stop and ask a lot of questions, a lot of follow-up questions while they're doing teaching. Um, And so he's a little slow to pick up on some of the drills because he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing 100%. And Powers just said, look, he's he's in a totally different culture. He's never been in North America really before. Um, Certainly not on his own. And, you know, he's so he's adjusting to a language and a culture that he's not comfortable with. Uh, He, he is trying to deal with the pressure and expectation of being a first rounder. He is, you know, he's going through, he's going through a lot. It was, was the point that Bowers was making is there's a lot happening and, we should not be quick to bury the guy, and it's a fair point. Like we're talking, like these games are meaningless and this and that. But like we're going to get into guys that struggle and guys that look good. But it was a good point by him that he's going. He is going through a lot of adjustments all at once right now, while asked to be to to play hockey at a high level. It's so it's a struggle for him, and uh, it does. It definitely looks like my internet is better than yours. For sure.
0: Oh yeah, my my internet up here is that's a miracle. I'm even connected, to be honest with you. Like <laughs> we're making it work. That's all. Yeah,
1: yeah. The people, the people demanded the the post game pod. Practice took three hours, so you know we're yeah. making it work.
0: Yeah. Shit happens. Uh, yeah. Th- I mean you bring up a good point not just for olausen but for for everyone right there's a very significant amount of context at a tournament like this you have guys who it's their first time in north america you have <laughs> guys who in the abs case outside I have a handful of these dudes you know a bunch of them didn't even know who each other were like a week ago so mm-hmm. it's literally the first time these dudes are ever playing together so you know don't don't read too much into anything i guess especially I don't like to be negative at at events like this because I don't... I think it's hard for a player to really lose stock, especially a player that's already under contract with the team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they can really lose much stock at an event like this. They can up their stock if they play really well, but...
1: Yeah, and just specifically speaking to like keep in mind where he is in his career right now. Mm -hmm. He... Just signed it he just got drafted in the first round. He's already signed his ELC he's he knows he's going to play in the OHL this year. It's just a matter of when do the abs cut him. That's it. He knows he's getting cut. He knows where he's going. he's already got a contract in hand. This is the lowest pressure environment for him that he probably will ever have in his pro career in his North American pro career. This season, is this this environment, especially, as it, at this tournament, this is the lowest pressure that he's ever gonna face. Nobody cares really if he does well or does poorly. It changes nothing. Whereas Shane Bowers needs to, to show well here. You know, it would really help if guys like Byram and Newhook show well here. And these this can be uh, kind of a launch pad, a, a starting point, a head start for guys who are who who do have legitimate hopes and dreams of making the NHL team. You know, the yep. Andreas Wingerly played center last night because the organization wanted to see him at center. They specifically said we want to see him play a game at center. Crow was really polite about it after the game, <laughs> but it's pretty obvious that Wingerly is not going to be a center in North America, yeah. um, which is the exact kind of overreaction. We always tell people, hey, don't make too much of this. And here I am watching him play one game, and I'm like, he's not going to be a center in North America. But he's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's give and take a little bit for sure. Um, we, we'll get into that a little bit more. I, I want to know who you thought looked good besides Byram and Newham?
1: So I talked with an uh, old friend of the show, Jesse Montano, who's here. Um, and we might get on the pod tomorrow or Monday, maybe, depending on how things go. Um, he was disappointed in Byram, and I thought he was fucking high. Because I thought Byram was on both teams the best player.
0: Yeah, I, I think I can count on one hand the number of offensive opportunities for the Fs that didn't go through Byram. One? because it was bad. yeah, they, they did not generate anything without Byron basically so um, yeah he it was rough. It was rough outside of that.
1: He was good, man. Um yeah, I what I what I really liked is that defensively I had no issues. And it he had an interesting comment after the game because we talked to him too and he said um just oddly enough Jesse's girlfriend is not down here. So <laughs> I guess that girl that he hires to take pictures with him on Instagram uh was busy. That makes her sound like an escort. That's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she's very, she's very real. I swear. Um, no. So Byram, Byram had a comment after the game that was interesting, where he said that the quickest thing to come back when you get into the, into stuff like this after the summer is the offense. And that's where I thought he looked a lot better than when we last saw him in the NHL. Where offensively he was not playing with a lot of confidence and he was not creating very much, and he was driving everything last night. All of the limited offense that they, as you mentioned, most of it involved Byram in some fashion, and he was. I thought he was the best, the the certainly the best defenseman in the game. Although special shout out to Sean Dursey, I thought Sean Dursey was really good. Uh,
0: he was certainly really angry.
1: I was going to say a little bit of a bitch about the new hook around the net thing, but it was funny. New hook got asked about it after the game by Peter Baugh, and he just goes, look, anytime you're around a goaltender, that's just how it goes. <laughs> All right. Fair enough, man. He was like, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. If you're around the goalie, the other team's going to be mad at you. Yeah. Fun perspective, I guess.
0: Yeah. What did you what did you think of New Hook? Because I actually liked his game quite a bit. It, it felt a lot to me like there was just no chemistry, nothing for him to play off of for most of the game.
1: <clears throat> so one of the things that is funny when you watch a lot of AHL hockey and you see a guy come in and play a certain way where he's not fitting in with his teammates, and you're like, what's wrong with this guy? And then you start to really pay attention to what's going wrong. And you realize he's playing way faster yeah, than his like teammates.
0: All his teammates are what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There were several moments with the puck, especially last night, where New Hook was playing like an NHL player, where he was playing a step or two ahead. Uh, and he was expecting his line mates to be able to keep up and process what he was trying to do. One incident in particular with Bocage at center ice where new hook tipped just he he got to the puck and he chipped it to, to Bocage as cuz he was getting ready to take contact and Bocage was expecting him to just chip it forward so he had his stick at his waist and was kind of just dicking around and the puck ended up in Bocage's feet which is the last place you want that to go um and Bocage had to like fight for it and instead of turning it, it being a transition opportunity for them which is what it should have been uh, it ended up in them turning over the puck, and nothing came of it. Yep. And it was a really good example of New Hook is just playing too fast here. His teammates are not keeping up with what he's trying to do. If that's one of the established NHL guys from NHL camp, they know what's up. That's a transition opportunity. So how did I how did I see New Hook? I thought he played faster than most of his teammates were able to, um, which separated him in one way. It wasn't like a dominant performance, you know, and we came into this weekend saying, like, don't expect this guy to score like five goals a weekend. Um, I do think that it was probably a disappointing e- enough of an effort that we might see him play another game. Like, he, I kind of expect him to play tomorrow. Because of because of how yesterday went. Um, and he's just yeah. competitive that way. I do agree with Breckton in the comments. The Bowers Newhook Olausen play, um, those three together, Bowers and New Hook certainly were rolling. And Olauson, yeah,
0: Olauson brought them down like a, a couple
1: times. Line. Yeah. Although in the third period, Olausen had a great centering feed to Bowers where he just flubbed the one timer. Yeah, that should have been a goal I, on the back door. Much-
0: much better in the third period. Like the yep. first two periods, Olausen looked like he did not want the puck on his stick and he didn't know what to do with it when he had it.
1: Yeah, um, the, the that period, first the first period especially, it was like the second or third shift. Um where they were Bowers and New Hook combined. They they make a good play in the D zone. They push it up the ice. They transition. They get through everything. They found O'Lauson as the trailer. He's open. They give him space. The opportunity's got great scoring chance. And he oh, takes a sweet ass time. He tries to cut to the middle and he gets the shot blocked. And it's never even competitive. Yep. They did everything right mm-hmm. and they watched him just totally biff it. And it, it was disappointing. Um, but he did he did get better. But new as for for your original question about new hook, I I did not have major complaints. I The most encouraging part was that defensively he was really responsible and he looked really comfortable in the center of the ice.
0: Yep, as they did have him. Yeah, at center, taking face-offs as well. So definitely something to watch there. Uh, we are brought to you all by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Go check them out. Use code DNVR when you sign up to a new account to get amazing odds boost. You can still get the deal where you bet $1 on any NFL game this weekend, and you get yourself 200 bucks to mess around with. So jump on that. You got to do it quick because, you know, they play on Sunday, almost all the games except for the one on Monday. Go get it. Get yourself 200 bucks. If you already have an account, that's no problem. They still have amazing odds boosts. You can get the same game parlay up to $25 and get your money back. If you lose, if you win, hey, great. You just made a ton of money. Either way, DraftKings is handing out some Ws for you. So, again, download that DraftKings top-rated sportsbook app now. Be sure to check it all out because they have amazing odds boosts every single day, not just the stuff I mentioned here on the podcast. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and if you have a gambling problem, of course, call 1-800-522-4700. If you're looking to pick up a little bit of extra cash for some gambling money or, or otherwise, you can always hit up Ball Corporation. They're hiring right now for their Golden Plant. You can text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com to find your application and get it sent in and get hired by Ball. They're, they're a great company. They pay a competitive wage. They give you benefits. They have things to fill out your training if you're missing stuff on your resumes, and they're just all around pretty cool. So check out Ball. If you need a job, hit them up. I'm sure they can find one for you. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook with Ruto and AJ coming at you. We've kind of bounced around the other guy on the top line. We haven't talked about Shane Bowers much as far as his play, AJ. What did you think?
1: What did you think? Because I'm curious how everybody else felt about his game. Because I've, I've talked to a couple of people, and I think I'm alone-ish. I mean, when you have an opinion on the internet, you're never truly alone. Um, sure. As as we've seen I, with the rise of white nationalism. But, um, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can have a crazy I opinion, know. and you're never alone. Um, but I, I yeah. definitely feel like I'm in the minority on how power played. So I'm curious how you feel.
0: I thought it was up and down. I, I thought there was some good to like, but I yeah. you know, he's this is his 3rd year in the Abs organization. He's a little bit older. He's one of those guys that we talked about took a leadership role in the actual development camp. He can't be taking bad penalties if you're that if that if you're that guy.
1: So I I I haven't gotten to see a replay of it. Was it actually like a a dumb penalty?
0: it wasn't a good penalty
1: cuz i live just my opinion live it looked like a dive it looked like that dude went down like a sack of hammers after he got blown on i mean it it was right. not i again just live um it and i'm not usually a big like boy, that was awful soft contact to go on there because it's really difficult to tell that when you're not the one getting leaned on. But I thought it was...
0: So at that point, I was seeing double because that camera work in the first period was rough. So I can't <laughs> say anything for certain, but...
1: um, it, You, you mean the security guard is... that was running the camera? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, it was bad. It was real bad in that first period but yeah uh, the Bounds camera definitely uh, put his stick somewhere he shouldn't have
1: the camera ops guy was not uh, a camera ops guy for the record and after yeah, the first I, period I mean, someone, somebody had a conversation with him after the first and yeah. so we weren't obviously i'm sitting in the stands and i was told later that i i showed up on the uh on the feed a few times thanks for hi the back of my head said hello um <laughs> But, uh, so I didn't know any of this was going on. I missed, I missed Camera Gate. But somebody did pull him aside after the first period and tell him to chill out with the Zoom shit. So, that was cool. Apparently, uh, apparently that helped. (laughs) So, yeah, the camera guy flopped, man.
0: Yep, it was much, much better.
1: Totally. (laughs) Now, I I thought that I made, like, I made the joke on Twitter late in the third period. Like, I'm not going to be upset about the officiating. In a rookie tournament game, but it did feel like I mean, those guys were getting a cash bonus for every call they made because it was like even plays
0: were like seven to five dude, by the end of the game or something.
1: Even the too many men that they called with twelve seconds to go was wrong because <laughs> we were sitting there. I was sitting next to, and I, I I did not get his name. He was one of the writers for the Kings. Uh, and then I was also sitting with uh, Peter and Helene Elliott of The Athletic. And uh, we were like, there's five guys on the ice. Why did they just blow this dead? And it was the dude, the dude jumped off the bench to go from four to five. And it looked like too many men, but we counted them. We were all standing there like, there's five guys. This, is this, isn't the, this isn't the correct call. This is not. But they were WHL officials, so um, you know, they were a little in over their heads too. Sure. It's... Anyway, I thought the officiating. I, I just thought the officiating was so soft in the game last night. Yeah. Although I did really laugh when the guy slashed Justin Barron, broke his own <laughs> stick, and then Justin Barron thought the penalty was on him because he saw the arm go up, and he turned around and shouted. What at the referee, (laughs) and then (laughs) realized it was on the Kings, and then he just got off the ice. (laughs) Uh.
0: Uh, I do want to talk about him a little bit too, but we did, we still need your take on Bowers here.
1: Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry, man. I just so unfocused today. I'm just chilling, man. (laughs) Um, I really liked. Bowers, I thought the details were there. I thought the reloads in the defensive zone were really good. I thought his coverage was really good. I thought that his, uh, I thought he was reading the play really well. He kickstarted a couple of transitions where a little more natural chemistry, maybe a little more practice time together uh, with Newhook and with uh, with Olsen. I think they would have been. They would have had some really dangerous opportunities, and they still probably should have had two goals last night as a group. Um, it was it, it the skill issue remains there. I mean, Bowers bobbled the obvious one timer that should have been a goal on the back door, but did also did a lot of things really well. Um, obviously the penalty is you can't you can't take a bad penalty. I'll trust you guys on this. Live again. My opinion: Live was different uh, without the benefit of replay or massively zoomed-in experiences. Um, <laughs> I, but I, outside of like outside of the penalty, we will all agree that the penalty you, you just can't do that. But his actual play, I really, I really liked a lot of his game. I thought it was. I, I think that there were more flashes than consistent excellence. But I thought it was something for him to build off of for tomorrow, for sure.
0: Well, And I think, realistically, the Avs not playing with any real systems installed here. The dudes who I noticed as players that were positionally responsible. Byram, Newhook, Bowers, and Barron.
1: What do those Everyone guys all play? have in common?
0: <laughs> hmm, what round were they all taken in?
1: Also... Uh, at least temporary. Uh, Eagles last year.
0: Yeah, so they all played at least they, a little bit.
1: Yeah, so they didn't necessarily need systems installation for them to have an idea of where they were supposed to be.
0: But it's not even like having an idea of where it's supposed to be. It's just about reading the ice, right? Like understanding yeah. that a defenseman is pinching and, and you need to cycle back. Or just being the last man back a lot of the time in Barron's case, he...
1: <clears throat> I have a wild idea that I would like to throw at you later in the show. Remind me.
0: Okay, can't wait yeah. for that.
1: Uh, yeah, should be just, fun. <laughs> just, rem- just remind me.
0: But it, you, it's pretty clear. I think the the guys that are a, a cut above positionally, especially and, and and understanding and reading the ice. I, I don't, I don't know what level to call this, but at at the level of this rookie tournament there's a pretty clear definition between the the high end and low end of that.
1: I would say that this tournament, uh, I've always described it as kind of like a CHL all-star game kind of thing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, Cause you get a couple
1: of guys who probably are too good for that league, but the rest of the guys, the bottom, the problem is, is that the bottom barrel of talent at these tournaments is pretty low. Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of guys that probably it. don't even play pro.
0: Yeah, don't have pro careers after this.
1: Yeah, uh, those those dudes go to Canadian universities. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, I, let's let's get Baron in really quick here before we before we go to our third period. Uh, I mm-hmm. I really liked Baron in this game. I, you know, he got caught a little bit flat-footed on the the fourth goal, but other than that, I thought he was... <laughs> that
1: fourth goal was so weird. Yeah. Like yeah. Like. It was so weird. Cronin, uh, after the game, was like, I don't even remember it. <laughs> Everybody was so checked out by the time they scored the fourth goal. It was like, yeah. I right. I mean, good for Tyler Madden it, popping off.
0: It took a weird bounce, and then it was a weird center yeah. pass, and the abs forwards were totally AFK in the top of the zone. But
1: Yeah, anyway. Sa- Sample sample defensively ab. was bad.
0: Oh, the entire game. Yeah. It was not good.
1: Like, he was a negative three last night.
0: Yeah. The the second goal where, you know, the the rebound goes right through his legs and he can't find it, and it's like, oh, boy.
1: So, did that puck hit Anadan or Ranta? There I'm was dispute pretty the sure rant.
0: it hit Anadan. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not
1: 100%. I also thought that it hit Anadan and Crow thought it hit Ranta.
0: I don't. Based on how the puck came out, I don't see how it could have hit Ransa.
1: Crow also said that the benches are terrible and that his view sucks from the bench. So,
0: <laughs> Okay, great.
1: Context there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it, I did really like Baron, though, to, to get back to my point, because not mm-hmm. only did he have the defensive responsibility, especially as the game went on, you saw the intelligence. You saw him understand when he could get away with a pinch, when it was smart to make that that play. Uh, you know, arguably could have had a goal on a, a little back-door play that just didn't quite connect with him.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: uh, of, of, the, the, of not a lot of positives, I thought Barron was one.
1: Offensively, I thought it looked really good for Barron, a really encouraging. Uh, in transition, I thought it looked good. I liked Barron a lot, and I liked his decision-making. He only had the one pass um yeah. through the neutral zone where it got picked off cleanly and it didn't get like run down their throat or anything they just dumped it it was just like okay um that was really the only like i thought poor decision but it wasn't really a decision that doesn't really hurt you can't you can't drill too badly um yep. it I think there's a lot of work on defense that has to happen, um, especially for a guy his size. But
0: definitely, if you're
1: for- if you're that big and you've got those good of feet, if you're that good a skater, your gap needs to be tighter. You have to make life a little bit more miserable on your opponent. It needs to be a tighter gap. He's got to be willing to engage a little more. His stick has to be a lot more active. He was just really... I thought it was really soft defense from him last night, um, which you've seen throughout his career. He can get that way. Um, I, I, and when I you talk to him...
0: Soft, but I thought it was effective. He's a
1: super nice guy. So, you know, he doesn't really have that killer instinct. Um. I want to see some competitiveness out of him. I want to see a little bit of hate in his eyes. You know, you want to see you want to see the fire a little bit. He seems like a really easy guy to play against right now. Um defensively, when he's got the puck, I think he transforms a little bit. Uh, he's really he really moves pucks well and efficiently and with a little bit of aggression. Defensively, I think there's a long way to go. I really don't like his defense right now.
0: I'm I'm not as down on it as you are. Um, I I definitely agree that he needs to be harder to play against. He needs to use his body more. Um, but <clears> I think he he gets by with his stick work. Uh, I don't think it's it's as lacking as you with, do with
1: with his reach and his his raw puck skill, man. It should be better than it is. His his stick work should be great it should not be we're not talking about when he gets by it should be great and his gap work needs a lot it he just needs to tighten yeah. things up it's it's right now it feels like a lot of loose screws where if he starts to starts to tighten them up a little bit he goes one by one and tightens up all three of the big screws there all of a sudden he's a really good defender yeah. and given given that yeah. i think he's already pretty close to nhl ready offensively um it's a pretty, easy you know, you find you find yourself like, oh, we waited six months and it happened. So yep. uh, I, he's all of this is going to be something that he has all season to work on. Again, there is not going to be a ton of pressure on him to make an impact at the at the NHL level this year. So he can pretty comfortably just keep doing his thing, just keep working on the not game, just on, keep uh, putting the pieces together.
0: Yeah, not to hit on a. A common trope, but uh, poor gap control coming out of the queue. He wouldn't be the first defenseman to have that issue.
1: So, I mean, <laughs> the last the the last two defensemen off the top of my head to come out of the queue that I didn't have any gap problems were Noah Dobson and Sam Girard. Yep.
0: So, they're few and far between.
1: It's just a very wide uh, open league.
0: It is. It's just a stylistic thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, But anyway, we do need to hit up Mint Mobile. If you hate the big telecom companies as much as I do, highly recommend you check out Mint Mobile because you can get an unlimited talk and text, unlimited data plan for just 15 bucks a month. And it even uses the biggest 5G network in the country. So stop dealing with some of those other, uh, the big telecom companies that are always trying to sneak stuff into your rates and all of that, just simplify it right now and get over on Mint Mobile. You can bring your phone that you have right now on there, get it all set up. Again, it's just 15 bucks a month, super easy. can cancel at any time too. So there's no contracts or any of that dumb stuff. It's it's, it's just Mint Mobile taking care of you top to bottom. Unlike, you know, the the other horizons and such of the world uh, check them out highly recommend you can go to mintmobile.com dnvr to see and get your wireless bill cut down to just 15 a month if you're not 100 satisfied you have a seven day money back guarantee as well so why not give it a try at that point hopefully you love it and then you're good to go with a cheaper data plan for your cell phone After that, you can, of course, check out Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area. They're in Lakewood, just 15 minutes from downtown. They've been doing it forever. A lot of our listeners have switched, and they all say they do a great job. Plus, when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So win, win, win. All the way around, you can take care of your teeth a little bit easier at home. So it makes the dentist's job that much less painful. Uh, All right third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, let's talk about Eustace Ananen.
1: First of all, I, I owe Eustace yeah. Ananen a big apology. Okay. Uh, I put in my preview of what to watch for at the tournament this weekend. I refer to him as the squirrel-cheeked fin.
0: <laughs> dude he's ripped he's got a ripped face now he he, he lost some of the chub
1: dude he walked <laughs> by last night he walked by last night and i was talking to stephanie and madeline who are doing the social media for the apps and delightful ladies by the way it's been great getting to meet them um and i just started laughing and they were like what And I was like, I haven't seen Eustace Annan in in person since he got drafted. And he had like softballs in his cheeks. And now,
0: now, dude,
1: now I was like, he's way closer to Operation Male Model than being squirrel-cheeked. Like, I was like, I was like, (laughs) good for you, Eustace. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, that was an unfair categorization on my part based on uh based on a past experience from too long ago. Nothing to do with the uh the player. Nothing to do with him.
0: All right. So, since we're jumping to wild conclusions based on this one game, can we all agree that Annen should just never leave the crease?
1: Uh yeah the third one obviously man.
0: directly on Ananin.
1: Yep. Uh, uh you fell for the oldest trick in the book, pal.
0: Yep. <laughs> that was uh
1: uh they called for the pass and he gave it to him. Blind. Mind no check you at just all. Just didn't fired look, it
0: backhand without yep, even looking. Didn't
1: yep. uh yeah, none of that. Uh and he just handed it right to him and they all had a good laugh about it after they scored him. Nah, <laughs> and he felt dumb. And look, he's got to be better with the puck. Other than that, I yeah. the I feel differently about the second goal if that hits Ranta and doesn't get to Ananen. And then if that is a be if that is a rebound off of and then that's a bad. It's a bad rebound.
0: Uh, his rebound control wasn't great the entire game either. It-
1: And that one was definitely real bad, though. That was a soft shot from the point that he should have corralled without problems. Um, The first goal, you don't the first goal, whatever. The third goal, obviously, that's a puck handling mistake, not a goaltending mistake. Uh, And then the fourth goal, one, nobody cared by that point, but it involved like three goofy bounces. Wacky as hell.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it was
1: just it was just a weird goal. And so, again, I'm not going to not going to get on him too much on that one. Um, especially because all the bounces were taking place behind him where he can't see. And so it's yeah. like, <sighs> that's the area where moving from Europe to North America is his biggest adjustment is when the puck is behind him. So it just seemed to make sense that he was uncomfortable there. Um, I, uh, yeah, I didn't really have a big problem with andon And I, I don't think he will. I hope he plays tomorrow.
0: He's not going to it would be cool if he does
1: i love that he's got that white mask it's just cold as ice man just a pure white like that hell yeah it's awesome yeah
0: that's like that's like your new thing is pumping up his perfectly plain Dude, white i mask. think it's
1: so cold <laughs> i don't know why i'm just like what a badass <laughs> i walked by him in full gear after the game and i was like this man is huge and they took the gear off and wandered by. And I was like, that is a regular sized human being. He's still, he's still a big guy, but you know. Yeah. Um,
0: any other guys you want to hit on, Bocage? I, I know you really oh. liked Foodie's game. Um,
1: so we got to talk about Foodie. Um, yeah. This is where my radical idea comes in.
0: Okay, here we go.
1: So, what would you give as Foodie's overall profile? Use broad strokes.
0: Uh, Playmaker. Okay. Super high-end skating.
1: Okay. Not a good shot.
0: Uh, Sure. Weak shot. Fine.
1: Yeah. Smart player?
0: Yeah. I would say reads the ice well, for sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good. So, you've got a really good skater. Uh-huh. You have a really you have a really good skater. you've got a respo- a defensively responsible player. You have a player with pretty good size. He sees the ice really well. He reads the play at a high level but he's got a bad shot.
0: Sit him next to Alex Should he be a
1: defenseman? Oh, God.
0: <laughs> Just Sam road 2.0, but better skating.
1: <laughs> I'd never thought about it before. And then last night I was like... And my only question is what Kevin asked. Can he skate backwards? <laughs> Because if he can skate backwards and uh, he does no on this one. and he does if he can skate backwards and he does it well, I was just like. Instead of them messing around and hoping that he develops a shot and that he can be filled to no, what if they just tossed this guy onto their to their defense? He's a good I I like his defensive game. I think he's a really smart player. He's got great skating, he pushes the pace. When he gets into the offensive zone, he stops at the blue line anyway. I just this
0: one's a little too wild for me. I think, yes, I agree with the super chat. Great. That was the same
1: reaction that I had today when I tried to get a bottle of water, and they told me that they were out. (laughs) I literally shouted, "What? It's a hundred degrees!" Anyway, I was just—I know it's a radical idea—and given the organizational depth and all that, he's probably more valuable where he is now. Definitely, especially more valuable
0: as a center, well, yeah.
1: and especially if he stays a center. Because last time he played left wing, where Wingerly was the center. P.S. I liked Wingerly. Yeah. I don't. I don't want him at center, but I like him, man. He's really smart.
0: He's—he's he's still going to be a liability defensively, but.
1: Yeah, he lost every <laughs> every puck battle in the defensive zone that he got into, yeah. and a, and some of them in the offensive zone. So his size is good. So, the, the, he's a he's a Wingerly is a let's sure. get yeah. forty games in and see how he's doing. I don't think that's a camp battle guy anymore. Um, but I anyway yeah. with Foodie, I loved his game. I thought he was their best forward last night. But I started putting these pieces together in my head where I was like, I wonder what this would look like. So I
0: think you're uh, you're in the madhouse a little bit on this one.
1: The the big thing would be can he skate backwards? Like can he transition? Of can he, because if the skating stays at the same level, going backwards and in transition and stuff, as it is when he gets the puck and he's in open ice. I would actually, I would be a lot more serious about this idea.
0: You're, but I mean, I think ultimately you're always looking at a. He's always going to be would be a rover type if you're putting him on defense. Anyway, well,
1: I don't, uh, I don't know, man. I would just, I think, I think the guy that he would have to model his game after would be Taves. Kind of a do everything well, really smart defender, good sure. reads. Not going to be an overly physical guy, but can effectively use his size, um, competes he, hard.
0: I, I'm not convinced he can use his size very I
1: I am, actually. I, I think he's actually... Uh, he hasn't gotten the strength for him to figure out that he can power through people yet. He may not be able to, but I think he uses his reach really well. I, I would say... Sure. I like the way that he uses his stick defensively better than what Barron uses his stick defensively. I don't know now, that I would with, agree with that. But. With different jobs, they look different and, and if they were to switch positions, you know, who, you know, whatever. I'm just saying I I am probably have already spent more time on this than I should have, but it was a <laughs> thought that it, it was a thought that occurred to me in the second period and it was like a big light bulb went on my head where I was like it's really weird. Every time I run down what Jean-Luc Foudy does well, I feel like I'm talking about a really good defenseman.
0: This is so, just you flipping anyway. the tables on Twitter, isn't it? You're just tired of Twitter telling you that Barry no. and should play forward.
1: So you're like, no. right, this
0: guy should play defense.
1: I'm usually the guy that's just like, stop talking about this entirely, please. But it was something that I was genuinely curious about um, last night. So I, you know... I loved I loved his for, for the record. I loved his game last night. I thought he was great. His yeah, pass off the of pads should have led, led to a goal. Um, I don't know why they didn't run the annexation of Puerto Rico play on the power play. They had it. Power
0: play was bad.
1: Yeah, no PS today was the first time they practiced it. so yeah uh, the power play that they that we saw yesterday was completely made up. It um, had not been practiced by them at all, so all that hesitancy, especially with the two-man advantage in the third period, about not knowing what to do and not really having a plan, um, that was why. <laughs> Today was the first yeah. time they practiced it and drew it up on the on the whiteboard. So, um, yeah. Anyway,
0: okay, yeah, foodie. So, I, I mean, loved foodie's
1: game, man. I really. <sighs> yeah, we're gonna I'm end up
0: foodie, we know.
1: We're gonna end up on that hype train with him where we're like He's gonna be like he's gonna be involved in half of our bold predictions when we do our season preview <laughs> stuff. And it's gonna be like all Jean-Luc Foodie stuff.
0: I think that's AJ's bold predictions. I don't I don't think I'm quite there yet, but <laughs>
1: If I had to do it today, he would also not involve Foodie. But after training camp next week, when he chews up some fools and looks awesome. All right. We'll you see. watch. We'll see. <laughs> uh,
0: so any other, anyone else you want to touch on? We kind of already talked about Ranta, um, the rest of these guys. Are- you know,
1: he got pulled aside after practice today by Steve Reinpreck for about five minutes of solo work. Uh, just conversation off the ice. And I had to walk by them in order to get to the interviews and stuff that I had to go set up. Uh, and I naturally tried to eavesdrop on that conversation as much as I could. And it was all Rhino talking about Ranta in the uh, defensive zone and how to stay on guys, how to read the, read the play a little bit better. So something he absolutely has to get a lot better at. Cause right now it's bad. Last night it was bad.
0: Yep. The reality of Sampo Rant as a player is you're just hoping his defensive game gets to passable, right? Like,
1: Yeah. You want him to be competitive, man. Last night was too easy. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of things right. in the NHL that, that teams and coaches and management will live with as long as you try hard. Yep. And that's, a, sure. that's a, a weird truth.
0: But it's a truth nonetheless. So... You got any more truths to spill for us, AJ? Any final thoughts here on on game one of the all-important rookie tournament? Nope. All right. So, you know, Avs haven't scored a goal yet, so just burn the whole team down. Start over from scratch. Season's dead. Y'all know how it is. Uh, anyway, thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate it very, very much. We will be back tomorrow after the game. It's against. Is it tomorrow against San Jose or Anaheim? Anaheim, I think, right?
1: I don't know. <laughs> all right.
0: Either way, I just it's at four to... o'clock,
1: man. That's all I know. Is that it's at four o'clock? I go. just I, I think it's I think it's Anaheim tomorrow.
0: I think it's Anaheim too but we'll be back breaking that game down talking about it on the pod immediately after like our normal post game pods so we hope to see you all there thank you very much for the rv fund sasha much appreciated not quite the yacht fund but you know same difference uh we are out of here for the day and we will talk to all of you man i guess i guess tomorrow yeah we'll talk to you tomorrow tomorrow